Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And that is Jerusalem by the Hoppers. Welcome to this, yet another edition of Political Straight Talk. I'm your host, the Political Superman, coming to you from Tornado Alley. If you look at the news, you'll notice that the tornadoes abound. Oklahoma, Kansas, Arkansas, the tornadoes are whipping and whirling, but yet we are dedicated and still here doing our show. The time. 804 on the East Coast, 504 on the Left Coast. And we're going to hit a few topics tonight, but it just so happens that uh, I have a Hispanic sitting in front of me. And uh, we don't know if he's legal or illegal. I think the jury's still out. He, uh, he dressed up as a feller jumping the wall for Halloween. And uh, put some water drops on his daughter's back and called her a wet back. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> so the question is, and we're going to give him a fake name so that, you know, the feds can't identify him. We'll call him Umberto. We won't call him by his real name. We'll call him by his fake name, Umberto. So, Umberto, do you think the United States ought to shut down the border to illegals? Umberto says no. Why not, Umberto? Oh, he said that if we shut it down, most of his family would have to leave. That's sad. Y'all don't really believe I've got somebody sitting across from me named Umberto, do you? No. I do. He's sitting right across. Say hi to everybody, Umberto. Hi. Not you, Bella. Say hi, Umberto. Speak louder so they can hear you. Umberto says, what up? 
He doesn't. He's he's a young feller of nineteen. He is the father to the young, beautiful Diana, who is sitting here looking at me, waiting on me to smile at her. So, Umberto, why should the U.S. not close the border? I don't need no stinking green card. There already is a lot of corruption. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. All right. So. We we now know how Umberto feels. Leave the borders open. Let them traipse across. What do you think, Diana? Do you think he's right? Do you think he's right? Nope. Diana says no. There's no. a good Republican. Yes, Diana will be a good Republican. You just got to teach that. Umberto would be a good Republican too. He just has to learn. He doesn't know. He doesn't know what he doesn't know. He did not. Say, well, he said Obama, but he doesn't mean Obama. He'd hate to get run out of this house on a rail. <laughs> All right, so we're going to start the program tonight. There's there's several things I want to want to discuss, but the first thing we're going to discuss and get out of the way is this whole anti-Semitism business that goes on. And everybody in this country has a right to their opinion if you're a United States citizen, okay? You have a right to it. The Constitution guarantees that you have a right to it. Okay, so today... At Arkansas Tech University, which is in a little town called Russellville, Arkansas, there was one white nationalist decided to show up (laughs) and a bunch of uh, inclusive individuals. So let me give you all the backstory on, on what led to this. There's evidently a professor that passed away and he left a ton of money to the university and asked that the university distribute this money in scholarships. Okay, well the university, rightfully so, named the scholarship named the scholarship after him and they have done their due diligence to <laughs> pass around this uh scholarship Well, somewhere along the way, some people discovered that the individual that left the money for the scholarship is an individual who does not believe that the Holocaust occurred. And so, being the inclusive individuals that they are, they are calling for the scholarship to have his name removed and for the scholarship to be renamed using his money, of course. They're okay to take his money, but they don't want his name associated with this scholarship. So if that wasn't to make matters worse, the all-knowing students at Arkansas Tech University, being how smart they are and minds full of mush, 
said that the president of the university sent out two separate emails. If you were white, you got an email advising you that there was a protest today and that there were going to be white nationalists there. If you were individuals of color, you were not notified of this rally. Now, I was made aware of this, went looking. I did find an email that was sent out, but it was sent out in mass to everybody on their list. Now, why is that important? Because it is statistically proven that individuals of a minority status are less likely to sign up for university alerts. Now, when I researched that earlier today and discovered that, I was quite shocked, actually. So, the these very tolerant individuals that are all-inclusive and a diverse university that wants all kinds of people there want any memory of this professor erased from this all-inclusive university. So it's okay to be inclusive if the people agree with you. Don't even. Malachi Nathaniel, don't. Yeah, don't. Turn it off. Umberto, don't encourage him. This this is recorded, so stop. Okay, so that's topic number one. In this country, true freedom is defined as standing next to someone and yelling at the top of your lungs what they would spend their lifetime yelling at the top of their lungs against and coexisting. Without that, you end up with countries like Venezuela, Russia, Cuba, Honduras. Do we want to become those countries? answer is no. Now, we're going to move on and let's give our condolences to the massive shootings that have happened this weekend. The news has managed to cover two of them. The one in Tennessee, that is the worst shooting in Tennessee in over two decades. Seven individuals in uh, Sumner County. For those of you that aren't aware of Sumner County, it is uh, northeast of Nashville uh, by two counties. Uh, Very nasty situation there. Shooters been apprehended thanks to the THP. Um, The synagogue shooter in California, thank goodness, uh, the damage there wasn't worse. The rabbi of that church who was saved by the woman who gave her life, she jumped in front of a bullet to save him. He come out and said that they did not have an armed guard because they didn't feel like they could afford it. And that now the price seems like a small price to pay. And I'm inclined to agree. So in the wake of this shooting, he not only came out for having guns, but he came out and said that they would be hiring 
a armed security guard in the future. Now, obviously, that doesn't solve the issue. Close in the barn after the fox has already been in. Yes. Okay, so I wanted to start out the program because a lot of times we get one of the biggest things in, on this program is that I'm big on education. Okay, I think that education is very important. Uh, some would say I think it's so important I've become a perennial student. So, we're going to talk about some statistics real quick. I don't want to <coughs> spend a lot of time. Can you clarify that that's political education? That's um, what you're no, referring to, right? I am not. I'm referring to education as a whole. Uh, so I spend a lot of time listening to people squawk about the money that goes into education and how we need more of this and more of that, and we need this and we need that, and teachers need this and teachers need that. So I decided to pull some information, and I'm just going to tell you, I was incredibly shocked uh, how much actually gets spent on education because all we hear is that we need we need more education, we need more education, we need more education, or more money for education. So let me give you the most recent statistics for education. Now, I went and cross-referenced this with Forbes as well as the Department of Education. I'm pulling the uh, compilation of the statistics from the National Center for Educational Statistics. Okay? Now, some of this is going to be quite boring. So, uh, total expenditures for public elementary and secondary schools in the United States amounted to $668 billion, that's with a B, billion, or $13,119 per public school student enrolled in the fall. Okay, this is constant for 2016-17. Total expenditures included $11,734 per student, which includes salary, benefits, purchase services, tuition, and supplies. Total expenditures also included $1,029 per student in capital outlay. And what capital outlay means is it's just expenditures for property, buildings, alterations um, that's done by contractors, building, etc., and $356 for interest on school debt. Okay? Now, uh, these expenditures are 15% higher than the previous school year. Okay? Now, it's... Yeah. I look at that number, and granted, in some states, it does vary state by state. So this is an overall per student in the United States 
uh, there there is some toggle between the numbers. So before anybody starts going on about how my state does less and this state does this and yada yada yada, I do understand that. Okay, this is meant. I was to be going to a, ask a good question. Is that federal money that's sent to the states? It is, in First, fact. It is, in fact, okay. federal money sent to the states. States contribute anything at all? States contribute approximately 6%. And that 6% number is actually standard across the board. Most every state is about 6%. I have seen it go as high as 8%, but on average it's 6, 6%. So the federal money plus the 6% from the state is supposed to go directly to the schools? Correct. And then the schools have an opportunity to kind of disperse it how they see fit. Now, here's where you get into the tricky part of it. And the reason I bring this up is many states now are going to a voucher system that we've heard a lot of people complain about. Okay, and for example, the state of Tennessee just recently passed or will pass a voucher bill covering two of the largest counties in the state. The two counties came out today and said, hey, if you do this, we're going to sue because you can't cherry pick counties in the state. Guess what? I agree with that statement. As a matter of fact, boss lady will tell you that last week I made the very statement that I would challenge this because it should be made available to the entire state and that the state cannot just pick two counties. That will be addressed. Um, other states, I know that Indiana's got something in the pipeline. Arkansas has it in the pipeline. Uh, 38 of the 50 states either have it or have it in the pipeline to start allowing parents to make other decisions with that money. Now, well, I was degree, just going to say, uh, didn't they also give that 529 tax relief for parents that want to contribute to their ch children's education? Yeah, but 529s have been in existence for a long time. Um, this uh, isn't, uh, this is not correct. Ted Cruz got it put back into the tax code. They just passed the tax reform. 529. 529s have been around for a while. They're not new. They've been around. Okay, I know this because the company I work for, we help administer 529s. Okay, we have educate their education accounts. They function just like FSAs, HSAs, and uh, adoption accounts, and are administered in the exact same way. Been there, done that. Been certified to do it. Um, there were some changes in the new tax code that Senator Cruz co-sponsored, yes. Uh, but as far as them becoming this new all-enlightening program, no, didn't happen. It's already been that way. So, Why do they need anybody to manage it for them in any kind of an account? Parents can do that themselves. Isn't that responsible parenting? Well, you would think so, but I happen to agree that, that they should be. Okay, I'll give you an example. In an FSA or a flexible spending account, if you go to the dentist and the dentist tells you you need to use a Sonicare toothbrush, well, you're like, okay, 
you whip out your Sonicare tooth, you whip out your FSA card, and you pay for that Sonicare toothbrush. Okay? That Sonicare toothbrush can cost you in the neighborhood of 300 bucks on your flexible spending account. Is that a covered expense? Is that something that your flexible spending account should cover? Barbara, what's your answer? Yes or no? Well, repeat the question one more time. You weren't listening. Yeah, I was. A a, a battery-powered toothbrush, like a Sonicare toothbrush. Dr. Dentist prescribes it, says you've got to have one. Your flexible spending account, you've got that money there. You whip out your flexible spending account debit card and you swipe it. And you pay for that toothbrush. Is that toothbrush an eligible expense? I'm not sure. How about you, Jim? If I have access to the account and I know what's in it, then I have the decision to make that my toothbrush or not. And if it's a $300 toothbrush, my answer would be not to my dentist. Well... Um, even if your even if your answer was so, yes, so there's, no, but that's the answer. Even do if we your want answer, our freedom, or do we want to give it to somebody else to manage for us? Well, here's what I'm about to tell you, and I, I'm going there with this. So hang on. The answer is no. The toothbrush is not covered, and you'd end up paying that three hundred dollars back to your FSA <laughs> administrator because it does not treat a medical condition. Um, now, so in other words, that. That is not worth having the someone else manage the money that should be mine to spend as I see fit. Period. Well, and you know what it's I agree with that. Fun. But you should be, but you should be, but you should be required to pay the taxes on it. FSAs are to avoid taxes. Now, here's why it's important for the accounts or not to have the accounts. Me, I'm kind of torn either way. Number one, there's a lot of parents out there that think they know what they thought they knew, but they don't, okay? They would make poor decisions with this money. If you if you were to just hand a lot of families $13,000 per student, and you say, okay, now you use this 13000 to make sure that your child gets educated over the next calendar year or next school year, and we'll see you back at the end of the year. Whereas most parents would be responsible, there are those that would not be. And so mm-hmm. I do think that the option of allowing people to put that money in an education account so that it's used directly for education expenses, that they have the choice to choose, but they're limited in the type of service, not the provider of the service, but the type. Um, I don't think that's such a bad idea. I really don't. Well, I let's have, put it this way, okay? If they want to, ma- if they want to have their account managed, and and that's optional, then fine. Let them manage it. If it's optional, then I can choose not to, and I would prefer to hold on to my freedom and take care of my own. Okay, I mean, this, but, you can't you can't have it both ways. You are going to either promote a society that is responsible, or you're going to promote a society that is patted on the butt and said, "We'll do everything for you." 
Well, I happen to, to me. I happen to agree with that very statement because, because that's why. Because you cut out middlemen, and yeah, you might cut out jobs, but tough. Create the job somewhere else because you know what? All this intermediate middlemen customer service crap. Nine out of ten times, that's all it is. Okay, right. and the fact is, give me a book and I'll manage it myself. And if people can't do that, then we need to better educate them while they're in elementary school and junior high and high school. I am. I'm so glad to hear you say that. That means you finally come over to the side of doing away with uh, Social Security and letting people manage their own money and doing away with Medicare and letting people manage their own health. There's a difference between, listen, I'm, I I'm glad to have heard you, that, you, I'm glad to have heard you say that. They have taken and hoard out our money. It would be different if they had not, that they have. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I just so wanted they to... they are responsible to pay for every dime that's been paid in. They need to cut checks to all the young people, too. When our government is prepared to cut a total check for every dime that every person has paid in, fine. Well, most of the people that's on... On those programs okay, now have already. Okay, that's not going to happen. They've taken the money. Right, because I'm I'm paying for your all's generation, and I'm okay with that. But it's 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 done, and and there's been a study released by the GAO, Government Accounting Office, that addresses that very critical issue, and you know I'm glad for that. But anyway, when it comes to education, it's a different issue altogether. It doesn't. It has nothing to do with education. Well, you can't have it. You can't have it both ways. You can't have people manage well, it for you, or you manage it yourself. And I understand there's well, a generation here, and I don't want to go down this road. It was sold at that way. It was sold as an insurance so, policy. This I know how. Being sold as an insurance policy. I know how it was sold to your parents, and I know how it was sold to my grandparents. I get it. Um, but the point is, is that in education, we're spending each year thirteen thousand dollars per student. Okay, now yes, it is important that salaries get paid out of that. It is important. But here's something I, I wanted to I wanted people to, to look at because when I saw this number and realized it was absolutely crazy. When you get in the <laughs> Yeah. So of that $13,000, okay, we're, we're going to say 13000 even. It just makes the numbers easier to, to keep up with. 80%, 80% of that 13000 goes to salaries and benefits. I think that's a, that's a, that's a high number. That What's the salaries? Not, Got some examples there too. Um, I actually do, but salaries are so varied across across mm. the states that to give an example in the high end and an example in the low end. The low end that I saw for an entry level teacher, the low end came in in the state of Mississippi, and they were starting at thirty two thousand cash money. They're Benefits is what jumped it up. Their benefits jumped it up to almost sixty thousand, huh. and that's the low end. Okay, now I'm not 
don't want anybody to think I'm attacking teachers in any way. I'm not. No. I'm simply pointing out that under the current makeup and how we have our system set up, we've got a lot of money going out in overhead. So that means that 20% of that 13000 or $2,600 is left to maintain buildings and direct student attention. Okay, and that means direct supplies and stuff for the students. And to me, I think that's a very lopsided number. An absolutely lopsided number. And any business that ran with an 80% overhead would not be successful. So let's factor in the parents. And at the beginning of this school year, when uh, the girls and, and Matt came home with their stuff, I didn't really pay too much attention to it, so I can't tell you exactly what was on the list. But I know that it would make Santa Claus's Christmas list look pretty skimpy. Hmm. Okay, and so you have parents that are now funneling it. Yes. Her for both. Okay. So you're looking at around $200 that parents are spending at the beginning of the school year. And (laughs) I guess what aggravates me is that these teachers are sitting there with all this stuff stockpiled from the previous year. So let's just assume that every parent funnels in, and let's go ahead and say $250, okay? Let's assume that every parent funnels in $250, for school supplies. Okay? Then let's factor in school lunches. Okay? We're going to even take out breakfast because I'm going to assume most kids eat breakfast at home. So let's go ahead and factor in school lunch. How much? How much? Okay, so I'm told that it's two fifty a day for lunch. Okay, and that's, I'm going to assume that's the full price. We're not even going to deal with reduced and free because, well, it's either one, everybody gets it that way or nobody gets it that way. So, that comes out to be $450 a year, 180-day school year, for lunch. So, let's tack on another 450 And then let's factor in that, uh, let's see, we won't even factor in field trips and all that stuff. That's extra. It's not something that's required. So right there is almost another $900. Matter of fact, comes out to be $900. So there's another $900 we're putting that. So let's just go ahead and round that up to $14,000. That's with the parents pitching in. Hmm. And I don't know about any of you guys, but I've gotten stuff in the mail or notes sent home from teachers, hey, can you send us a case of copy paper, or we need Expo markers, or we need this, or we need that. So you're looking at $14,000 per student. Now, 
and this is the federal level. I'm not even talking state levels. Okay, your textbooks. I mean, think about it. You've got huge numbers. You know, if you've got fourteen thousand per student, and you have in a school, let's say an elementary school, um, Jill, how many kids you got in the elementary school out there? You're in a rural area. Two. How many? How many? Two. I know how many kids, Two. grandkids you have specifically. How many kids in the whole school? Oh, geez, I don't know. Rough estimate. Um, in the whole school? Yes. Well, it's kindergarten through fifth grade, so I'd say, I don't know, maybe 700 to 1,000. It's a small school. Okay. Let's go in the middle and say 825. Care to that guess would be how much, Care to guess how much money is going into that school? $11,550,000. Add on to that, by the way, uh, Title I classification and other classifications, and it's a whole new ball game. Well... Why do they keep saying, if they're getting that much money, is it per year? Yes. Then why can't they afford to give the teachers the resources they need to educate these children? Well, now that's a good question. Because they would rather have it on a federal level so that you can have companies come in who are liberals that can um, bid on a contract to do textbooks and be paid additional millions of dollars. Well, and I'm not even talking the textbooks. I'm simply pointing this out, okay? And, and, and well, you this bet is what, I am. I'm checking out this, their curriculum. This is, this is what I'm, I'm going with here, okay? And that is that the school systems, no matter where you are, are getting a pretty penny to take care of these students and to educate. And there is no reason why on 13,000, and I know in other schools, I've heard them say that it's 7,000 per head and all that stuff. I went looking, and what they do is they scrape off the administrative stuff, the building expenditures and whatnot. So that's why there's a big disparity, disparity in the numbers. But it's absolutely ridiculous. And then when schools fight, for example, in multiple states now, enrollment is actually declining. And so these schools are having to merge. Well, the teachers' unions are fighting these mergers because what's happening, well, teachers, when you merge schools, you don't need all the teachers. They're also trying to regulate the homeschooling a lot more. Um, They can try. They're never going to get that through. Federal judges, after federal judges, have smacked that down. Not going to happen. Well, they think that homeschooling also makes this, um, oh, God, the Turbin family out in California. Yep. The House, the house of Horrors. Yep, they homeschool Turbin. the children. Yeah, yes. they homeschool the children. 
and that's, that's why they said this is becoming a real problem with parents who are abusing their children. They're homeschooling them so so as not to draw attention. Well, you know, in, in some cases that may be the case, but to swath everybody with the same brush. It all the time. To swath everybody with the same brush. Yeah, no, I've got I'm a problem. Not, I'm, not, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to do that. I was just saying that they are finding it is a problem that a lot of these parents who do abuse their children are homeschooling well, them. They're using it yeah. as an excuse to get right. in the family to get into the family home. That's exactly what they're doing. Yeah. Okay. Now, I will tell you that homeschooled children are outdoing public schooled children in leaps and bounds. I believe. So, anyway. All right. We're going to move on to the next topic. I didn't want to I don't want to hang out on on these two topics the whole time. Because there's so many topics that we could discuss today. Uh, Sleepy well, Joe. Do you, have, do you have an answer to that? If they're paid so much, $11 million a year, why can't they help the teachers with resources? Well, see, that's the problem. You've got your... Why, you've got your... why do the teachers have to go out and buy paper and pens and marking pens and chalk and everything else? If they're getting $11 million a year, well, God, they can spend some money. While on teachers, things. while teachers do go out and buy their own supplies, I'm also going to tell you that they use that to try and get parents to provide a bunch of stuff too. Okay, I'm just, and I'm not knocking, I'm not knocking teachers because I know that there's a lot of teachers out there that care. Okay, yeah. you wouldn't teach in today's public school systems if you didn't care. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, you've got you have they use it to pull at people, and they use it to it's political sound bites is what it is. Okay. Oh, this sleepy Joe. So. And it depends on on where, you know, again, it comes down to, truthfully, where somebody teaches. I think that has a lot to do with it, too. For example, and as much as I dog the public school system, I've got to tell you, the public school system in the county in Arkansas, whereas there's, there's some stuff that I don't agree with I can tell you this they're top notch their school buildings are clean they've got good programs going on they have armed teachers in their schools okay there ain't no griping and complaining about that um, and they're trying okay now there are bad teachers here just like there are good teachers there's some teachers that probably shouldn't be here but the truth is they're trying. Okay. And you've got you've got options here. You've got K twelve, you've got another group coming in next year that's gonna start enrolling people to offer a public school alternative uh for those that want to keep their kids home. 
one of the things that I see happening that I don't particularly like is an increase in bullying. Okay. And I've got problems with that. That's what leads a lot of parents to pull their kids out. Mm-hmm. And it's not that they want to keep their kids home and beat them on a regular basis. As a matter of fact, they probably want to beat them because they are home all the time. Um, I got a story they... for you. Okay. They have a new thing in fifth grade. It's called Pants Down. And it's kind of like the old uh, fraternity A thing. Only what they do is that in, in the front of the classroom, uh, one boy will try to pull the other the pants down of one of the other boys in oh. front of the class. Well, that happened to my grandson today. After the teacher got him off of the kid, holding him in a headlock and cutting off his windpipe, they were sent to the principal's office. And I will say, my grandson walked away and was sent back to class. The perpetrator spent the day in the principal's office, including his lunch. Okay. Okay. So it's going to happen. The kids are going to get into it because of stupidity like that. Okay. Well, they're kids. I mean, I. I mean, we're talking elementary school, though. But we're talking fifth grade. These kids are getting ready to go to middle school next year. So, you know, um, the bullying stuff, it starts. It starts young. Well, well, now now wait a minute. The whole pantsing thing, that's not bullying in my opinion. It's just kids being kids, fifth graders being fifth graders. And that very well could be, that could be in this incident. Um, I do know, though, there are other incidences that have been spoken about with the boys that whereby it's, you know, they, they've, some of them, they have felt bullied. Um, and sometimes even by the teachers whereby they favor the girls, they allow them to talk, but they're hard on the boys, very hard on the boys. Well, so, you've got to keep the, listen, boys are, more ran, boys are more rambunctious than girls. And, and you know, yeah, I, I've, they all need to have exercise and, and so forth. And so, you know, I get that. I understand that. But, the, you know, and, and typically when I was a kid in school coming up in elementary school, it was the boys that created the drama. <laughs> it wasn't the girls so much, you know. So that said, though, I think bullying begins at a young age um, with the grouping, the cliques. And then it moves forward into the high school and or the middle school and high school years. Anyway, I just thought I would share the old story with you because it is a factor. But they are teaching about it. They, they've got anti-bullying seminars that they give at school. Gotcha. Hey, hey, we have a new one in here that's not in here before. Oh. Says I'm a tell on you. <laughs> Wonder what they're going to tell them. Hmm. Well, you're unmuted. What you going to tell them? You sure got a pretty mouth. That's what I'm going to tell on you, boy. 
You are. Weird. Why ain't that sweet? A hot damn. Well, look how he hung up. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I wonder if they sit around and just wait on these shows to come up. I've come to the conclusion mm-hmm. that's pretty much what they do. All right. So our next uh, our next point of topic is Venezuela. And boy, is Russia about to step in it. <laughs> Cuba, too. Russia. Well, here's my, here's my deal. You know what? I'll be honest with you. I could give a rip less right now what's going on in Venezuela. It's not our problem. It's not our business. Our business yes, is at the border. They're not taking care of it. Actually... Actually, uh, Venezuela is a big problem for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Venezuela is a huge problem for us. We've got to, we have to definitely watch, watch Venezuela. Because Venezuela is uh, what they call the front door to the United States. Yep. And if we allow if we allow communism or Russia, you know, Russia doesn't like to claim their communism anymore, but if we allow them to get back in our back put a foothold back there, whether it be Cuba, whether it be Venezuela, Colombia, any of the others, um, that's a problem. And so the United States, do I think we're gonna end up with boots on the ground? Um No. I don't think we'll have any major presence. I do think there'll be some. Uh, I do think there'll be. Uh, some people there from our special forces group, but I don't think that uh, we'll have any huge boots on the ground presence in the investment. Manures people running over people today. Well, I mean, everybody should have known this stuff was going to happen. I think what they're going to find, I think what they're going to find is that freedom will out outdo uh, tyranny anytime. Trump is already, President Trump has already threatened to really put the hammer down on Cuba if they don't withdraw their troops. Yeah, Cuba Cuba already knows. Okay, so I'm I'm gonna have to tell you there is a Yeah. So there's a case that's been playing out in in Minnesota, and I'm not surprised that Minnesota went throughout. Oh, Diana's back for another visit. Hi. Hi. Yeah. Well, shut my mouth. Is he back? 
No, Umberto's not back. Just Diana. Umberto's oh. hiding from immigration. <laughs> what? Oh. <laughs> yeah. well, Rick, I'd vote. I'd vote for Trump. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Talking more. She makes some noises. She's got to this thing where she'll take her her bib and hold it up for me to pull on. <laughs> and act like I'm pulling it off. <laughs> <laughs> I think they come over because of the tornado threat. Oh, just, oh, never mind. They come over so Grammy could see Diana. Grammy has withdrawals. Okay. All right, so... I want to see what they did with that one. Oh, got her hair. What's going on in Minnesota? Hang on a second. So, a police officer, back in 2017, there was a scenario where two police officers were searching an alley for someone, and... The cops alleged that a lady smacked the cop car, and an officer fired on this lady. And so what happened is, uh, his name's Muhammad Noor, and he was found guilty today in the death of this lady. Her name was Justin Damon, or Justine Damon. Okay, and she called 911 to report a rape. And then she ended up getting shot. The cops were coming down the alley with their lights off, and the lady smacked the car, allegedly. Um, basically, he was found guilty of third-degree murder and second-degree manslaughter. They found him not guilty of second-degree murder. Um, he was taken straight from the courthouse into custody at the Hennepin County Sheriff's Department for sentencing, and it's scheduled June the 7th. Um, it said Nor was reacting to a loud noise and feared an ambush in the deadly incident. Prosecutors argued there's no evidence Nor faced a threat that justified the use of deadly force. Body camera footage of the encounter was played during the trial, showing the woman's final moments as well as officers' unsuccessful attempts to save her. Uh, one officer's body camera showed Nor and his partner taking turns performing CPR on Damon before firefighters arrived. Another body camera showed Nor being taken to a supervisor's squad. Uh, Mark Ringenberg testified Nor kept asking him if Damon was okay. I just told Nor not to say anything. I don't remember specifics. Um, 
Damon was a dual citizen of the U.S. and Australian was set to be married a month after the shooting occurred. Nor lost his job with the police department after charges were filed against him. Um, I'm just going to tell you, um, I got a problem with this. Not that I don't think cops use excessive force. I do at times, but I got a problem with this one. Now, I... Go ahead. Because? Why do I have a problem with it? Because you're going to see a decrease in people wanting to become police officers. It's like telling doctors that they're going to have to do Medicare for all. They're not going to want to do it. And I can't blame them. Um, hold on a second. Oh, wow. All I'm right. just reading here. Yeah. Johan Omar. Read it out. Parents who come to the United States with their children are not smugglers. They are families who should be treated with dignity. It's beyond cruel for ICE to try and categorize parents as such. Thank you very much. Well... You know, again, I'm I'm coming back to this. Uh, you know what? Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So this is the part of the wonderful super program where we open it up to those of you that have things that you want to bring up that we don't discuss, wouldn't discuss. Or probably haven't thought about discussing. Well, with as excellent as I am, I do sometimes forget to cover certain topics, and then people after the program are like, you forgot to cover this. I really was hoping you would cover this. Weren't you going to talk about Joe? Oh, Jumpin' Joe. Yes, let's talk about Joe. Oh, Joe. His son just really wanted him to run. And now he's 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 going to carry the mantle so that his crooked children can see him become president. Well, good luck with that. So, yes, we we have. Here's what I, my dilemma with Biden. Okay, William Barr is sitting on the information from Nunez. Okay, and he's getting ready to testify on Thursday. I know. Uh, and I thought that was going to be something, a subject of discussion. But my point is, is that when they start passing down indictments for stuff that, if there was some nefarious things that went on during the Obama administration, of which Mr. Biden was a vice president, how does he think he's got a tournament's chance in Hades? Um, well, Are because- these- do they, do they not know what's going on on the Democratic side? Really? 
Joe's not going to be indicted on anything. Well, I'm not saying that he is. What I'm saying is is that it was under their administration, under their watch, that this went on. And that is well, not okay for any circumstances. It, it may not be okay for us. And, you know, I'm, I'm not saying it is okay because it's not. What I am saying is that you're, they're not going to hold Joe Biden. And, and I'm just going to be honest, okay? As much as everybody thinks that there's going to be this big wall of subpoenas come down and, and there's going to be a reckoning over this particular issue, you know, of the, the collusion mess, uh, no, they're going to just to wipe it under the rug. I get that. Unfortunately, not let them. there's not going to be, well, it's not going to be completely washed under the rug either. I don't want anybody to think that. No, I'm sure that they'll bring down certain people. My point is it happened under their watch. It was their administration that had hey, this going on. Jill, Jill, are you on a cell phone or are you on a home phone? I need it. Your signal is very bad. You're you're very choppy. Yeah. It didn't start till just a few minutes ago. But anyway. Mueller just came out today and said that he wasn't uh, satisfied with uh, Barr's summary of his report. And of course, Adam I said Schiff's face. Well, you know what? You're choppy too. You're choppy too. I'm sorry. Word, maybe this might be a. I call back in. Well, if you can try, but with as late as the program's going, it may not let you back in. No, I said it's set for three hours. Am I? Am it's I coming across down there? Am I coming across as choppy? A little bit. It may it may be the it it could possibly be the connection overall. That's okay if it is. Well we'll deal with it. Well anyway. It may clear itself out too. No. Adam Adam Schiff is dancing in the streets now because Mueller has come out and said that he wasn't satisfied with Attorney General Barr's summary of his report. Okay, he doesn't have to be yeah. satisfied with him. First of all, a prosecutor, as I've been hearing and looked it up, prosecutor cannot say whether he obstructed justice or he didn't obstruct, obstruct justice. They're only to report their they're there to report their findings, not Correct. to make judgment calls. Correct. So well, now, they they all, they all know that. this, and and that's that's the thing. But, they, they... but 
Well, yeah. and William Barr, that is the letter of the law. That's why he's in the yeah. position he's in. My God, well, you are helped him with the redactions. I, I'm going to tell you this. They're, they're, they're in for a surprise when he shows up on the hill tomorrow. Oh, I'm going to watch it. It's Thursday, not tomorrow. No, excuse me, Thursday. Because yeah, anybody think no, anybody no, thinks that tomorrow he testifies before the Senate committee. Thursday, yeah, he's, he may not show up because Miller is wanting to have their lawyers ask him questions, and Barr is saying, "Oh no." Well, I think the reason they they want their lawyers to ask questions because they know Barr's going to have them for lunch. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I'm serious. Bar <laughs> Bar will eat them for lunch. Mm-hmm. When when they answer, okay, is the Senate going to be televised tomorrow? Oh yeah, it'll yeah. be on C-SPAN at the least. Yeah, okay. Um, I'm all over that. What time? Does anybody know the time tomorrow? But but this one is such an interest. This one is such an interesting. I'm pretty sure CNN got hammered in the ratings again. They they didn't even break a million viewers in prime time. Fox now for the 306th week in a row, or for the 306th month, or 206th month in a row, has bested all other cable news networks. They were the top network in the month of April in cable over any network, not just news networks. They also are getting a higher viewership than the NBA playoffs, a higher viewership than um, oh some of the award shows that run it's it's crazy the numbers I saw I saw the numbers and I was just like I can't believe that but sure enough it's true yeah well people yeah. are t- people are tired of being lied to and not everybody well we we uh, we ask them to tune in to GL TV they haven't got around to it yet. Um, there's no such rat. Say what? I said there's no such rat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If there's I anything, know. it's going to be like Dear Abby, only jo- Dear Julie. <laughs> I I heard that the reason why Nadler wanted the lawyers to ask him questions is because. They have already proceeded with impeachment. And although they're not calling it that, that's the um, oh, that's the route they take when impeachment proceedings are progressing. Well, I'm I'm just gonna tell y'all you you all just mark it down in your book. Impeachment is not going to happen. Well I know okay. that I know that. Impe- no, I mean, I, we all know he's never going to be convicted by the Senate. But I'm saying the impeachment process in the House will not happen. Nancy Pelosi will not let that happen because she knows. Oh, do you really believe that? Do you really believe that she doesn't want him impeached? She despises oh, the man. She may very well despise him, but she knows that if they go down that road, they will lose the House. And they won't get that house back for years. And she knows it. 
Okay, the country yeah. less than thirty percent less than thirty percent of the country wants to see an impeachment. They are not going to yeah. do it. What? I just wanted to speak up and say something. Um, okay. I know that you're talking about impeachment. I don't believe it's going to happen either. And I believe that um, that Pelosi and Schumer are going to be like a wall that are not going to be able to get that, that they're not going to be able to get past in the House. Even though you've got a bunch of little munchkins that are trying desperately to chomp at the bit. Um, but I do think that there's a more serious issue here that I think you know most people are overlooking, including Washington. I mean, people are going going about their business as if it's just another day. And and while we're doing this, our country is in the process of being invaded. They announced this morning on Fox that the guy that's been down in Mexico for the last 24 hours has been interviewing people uh, that are in this most current caravan, and they're from yeah. all over the world. They're yeah. not just from the southern countries like they have been Guatemala and those places. Right. They're from India, they're from Africa, and there are known terrorists that are involved in it. We know. So if it, so, here's the deal. If you want to know where I stand on it, it's real simple. Look up my Twitter page, and you'll find out exactly where I stand, because I took Ted Cruz to task today, and I took President Trump to task, mainly President Trump, because it's his responsibility to deal with this issue. He is in charge of national security, him and the National Security Council, but it's, it's chaired by the president himself. Now, if he can write an, an executive order for some of the nominal things that he has done, he could surely pick one up and end asylum and end catch and release until, and then send the military, all the military, as much as possible to the border and patrol it and point blank tell them our country is under an invasion and if you try to cross our country illegally, you're risking being shot. Because that's breaking our laws. Um, it's time that we take stand, or we no, are going to lose this nation. It's going to fall. Mark my word. He can't do that. For one thing, Obama would pick up the phone, call one of his federal judges, and have him put an injunction against anything that President Trump does. He's well, you can't. You can't do it anyway. It's just federal judge or no you federal can't do judge. It. Tell you what, here's the here's the choice. You either do it at the border, or we'll do it here. That's your choice. You better start thinking about this, because I'm here to tell you that Muslims are already in this country, and you know it, and I know it. Well, and more of them are on the way. So figure it out. President Trump is moving toward naming the Muslim Brotherhood as a terrorist, a terrorist organization. organization. Yes. Thank goodness. I saw that. Thank God. Yeah. And when I is mean, this supposed yeah. to happen? In the next six months? And how many caravans are going to make it over the border until that time? Do you know that I talked to my first cousin out in California who has a contact in the military that has further contacts way up in the military? 
and she was told point blank that the most recent people that are crossing the border and asking for asylum in California and are being released have been told to look for their court hearing in eight years. We know. This this is, we we already know all this. President Trump is going to impose higher application fees for these people. Well, they're trying. They're trying. What he's going to do is, is everybody heard on the news today that they have a, they've got an, they've got a deal on infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Now, to be honest, I expected it to be higher than two trillion, so I was quite pleased. But what's going to happen uh-huh. is now the Democrats are going to here and tout this and say, "Hey, we got this," and then Trump's going to come right behind them and be like. Yeah, I'll be glad to give it to you, but I'm going to need some board stuff. Yeah, yeah. Exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, Democrats, the Democrats don't realize it, but they keep messing with him, and they keep stepping in it. Yep. But either party right now wants to solve too many big problems because to solve the big problems to solve the big problems doesn't give them anything to run on in November. Mm-hmm. Now, they'll get infrastructure, the economy's booming. They they're going to be see Umberto. Uh there there are things that are you papa 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 I said bye bye. Bye bye. Diana come in to say bye. She's going home. She's being kidnapped. Oh. Oh. But on a Okay. But there, so so does anybody is anybody bothered at all by by what I just said? Yeah, so I'm bothered by it. But, you know, we okay, so why is it that we're all sitting back mm-hmm. instead of going after Trump and saying, look, this is what you got to do? He knows, he knows what, what he has to do. He so knows. Then why doesn't he do it? Because it's not politically expedient right now? No, you can't, you can't executive order. You can't executive order some of the stuff you've mentioned. And you've got to notify the Congress. What do you mean he can't? You, you surely can. You surely can. The Democratic Congress. Why you can't could over- they not? They're not going to push. They're not going to yeah. one damn stick to the wall. It, it, it's like this, okay? Congress, the the laws, the two laws that need to be changed in order to do away with with our current system, he can't do. Congress has to change it because they're the legislative branch. Okay. Right. But his job but, is to enforce, enforce the law. No, that's the job. The law on the border. That's the job well, of. The law he, on the border is 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 a crapshoot. It's a it's an unjust law. It's unjust to the American citizens who are sitting back and watching these people come into our country illegally. While the other is waiting in line to get in correctly, and they are they are using our own laws against us. Now, 
I am telling you that the, that the laws that have been put into place that have allowed this, he absolutely can enforce it because he's in charge of national security. And national security has to come first because if we're not a sovereign nation, then fine. Let everybody come in. Let all the terrorists come in. We can all fight each other. And, and you know what? If we all have our heads still on our shoulders in the next 10 years, we can have this conversation again. Yeah, she is the president. She has a lot of leeway, and he has a lot of authority. But Congress is the one that makes the laws. And right. for the next two years, they they have to change. They have to change the law, and that's the issue. You can't just cherry pick. Okay, like, so he can write the executive order that states since Congress refuses to address the crisis at our border until further notice and until Congress decides to take up and pass yes. immigration reform, which will correct the problem at the border, this is what I'm choosing to do to enforce the law at our borders. Because people it's are violating it by the thousands. But the it's problem is, hang on, the problem is the law. That, that is the problem. A lot of people don't realize that no, the law... Was, they're, they're breaking the law first. They're not asking for asylum first. Uh, they're breaking the law by stepping into our country. I guess it's time I educate. I like it when I get to educate. First Every of all... executive order... I'm sorry. Go ahead. Every executive order that President Trump has written on immigration... Uh, in certain countries that are Muslim has been stopped by... Well, he, act, he actually ended up winning the Muslim one. I was going to yeah, say, you're that. absolutely wrong but about I'm that because it went to the Supreme Court I, and he got his ban. He still, it, still went, it still went to court. What I'm, so, oh. <laughs> what go I'm ahead, Barbara. That every executive order is challenged by a liberal federal judge. So, well, you know, he can write as many executive orders as he wants, and he's entitled to do that, but he's going to be challenged, and it will end up in the Supreme Court. He will win eventually. Well, you know, in the meantime, he's going to be obstructed. We have two sections of law, okay? There are two two sections of law that is a problem, okay? The first section of the law requires that any unaccompanied children be released in 20 days. They have 20 days, and then they've got to let them go, okay? That is the law. You can't executive order and make that go away. It is the law. The only people that can change it is Congress or the judiciary strike it down as unconstitutional, which they're not going to do. The Supremes have pretty well stayed out of that one. Then... Well, didn't he say he was you, going to release them into Mexico? You have a... He can't. That's the problem. This is what people don't understand. When the United States... When the United States puts a pair of handcuffs on these individuals, we're stuck. Let me Got ask you a question. Wait a minute. Who, who was the one who implemented DACA? 
Was that Congress? Obama. It was Obama. Thank you. Obama. Enough said. Okay. If he, I am just at the at. Okay. Let me. Let me. Let me. Let me educate you. One another. Let me educate you again. I seem to do that. You're not educating anything. You're not listening. Let me. I don't. I don't. I don't need to listen. Okay. This call's done. We're done. And then turn okay. around and give them asylum when they come in. That's DACA, conflicting laws. It's not against the law to cross the border. Okay? Let me just tell you all, there is no law on the books about crossing the border. End of that. So let's stop having that discussion. It's not against the law. It is against the law to be caught in the act of walking across the border. It is not against the law. If you're caught in this country illegally, it's not a crime. Period. But I don't want to. I didn't want to spend the the rest of the program on this, and we get back to this. It's simple as this: if you want to change immigration, you have to change two parts of the law: the catch and the release, and the backlog of nine hundred thousand plus cases. Okay, until you do that, you don't solve the problem. Okay, I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in. Remember, you've got to stand for something. You're far for anything. Freedom isn't free. Thank a soldier for without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. Until next time, I'm the Political Superman saying have a good night, everybody. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.